for joining us with these podcasts. They are designed to challenge us in the Christian faith. We hope that they do that for you. And we also hope that sometime you will join us at First Christian Church in Malvern. May God bless you. Well, today's topic is all about worship. Topic 21, worship. We've had more arguments about worship. And when it comes right down to it, the question is, is it really worship we're arguing about? Uh, you'll see what I mean as we go through this particular lesson. This is topic 21, worship. Let's have a word of prayer together and uh, continue on. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, as we study this particular lesson. And uh, we ask that you just continue to be with us. Teach us. We praise your holy name. Be with those, Lord, that are ill, who need uh, your healing touch. And be with those, Lord, that are just struggling in this life. We need your presence. We need one another. So, Lord, may, may you help us and strengthen us in Jesus' name. Amen. There are ten spiritual disciplines that shape a, uh, a disciple or a Christian. And uh, this particular topic of worship, as I said before, can be one of the hottest arguments that's gone on in Christianity. Uh, we're going to take a look at this, and I hope it gives you a better insight of what worship really is. Uh, I hope that uh, you memorize 1 Corinthians 10, 31. It says, so whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Now that's the verse that we have for worship. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And I hope by the end of this lesson, we'll see how that verse fits in to worship. Uh, if you ask people what worship is, you're going to get all kinds of a variety of answers. Um, it's, it's what we call the gathering at our church on Sunday mornings. That, that might be what they say. Um, they may mean that it's a, it's a meeting on a certain day at a certain time in a certain place. Or it's what we do at church between the welcome and announcements and the sermon. Now that's kind of interesting. Uh, worship to them is spiritual music. It's singing songs with other Christians. Uh, or worship is spiritual music. It's singing songs with other Christians. So worship is a certain body posture or an outward act of enthusiasm. Uh, for some, uh, in order to worship, you have to have your arms raised and you have to uh, be jumping or you have to whatever. <laughs> um, or this, it's turning away from secular stuff and focusing on spiritual stuff. So to some people, what that means is worship is a retreat from their earthly realities. Well, a disciple, as we know, is someone who follows Jesus. And to know Jesus and his teachings 
is to grow more like Jesus and to go for Jesus, serving others and making disciples. In other words, discipleship involves learning new insights, taking on new character, engaging in new behaviors. Worship is something that a disciple should do. In fact, uh, G. Campbell Morgan said, every man is bound somewhere, somehow, to a throne, to a government, to an authority, to something that is supreme, to something to which he offers sacrifice and burns incense and bends his knee. So when we think of the practice of of worship that shapes a disciple, let's start with this worship because it's very misunderstood. I mean, what words comes to your mind when you think about worship? It might be hands raised in a a service. It might be um, jumping to the music. It might be sitting very quietly. I mean, there's all kinds of images that come with worship. But let's look to the Word of God. Let's look at the Old Testament. We'll look at the New Testament. And from Psalm 95, 6, it says, Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. Uh, There's nothing about music in that, is there? Or how about John? when, When Jesus was talking to the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, he said this to her. He said, but the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Now, that's a fascinating scripture from John 4, 23 and 24. Nothing there is about music, is it? No. It's more about, since God is spirit, you've got to worship him in spirit. They had had a discussion about uh, worshiping God in the temple or on, in there in Samaria. And Jesus talks about God is spirit and you've got to worship him in spirit and truth. Well, when we looked at that Psalm 95, 6, previously, there is a, a Hebrew word, Sasha, and it's, uh, it's translated as worship, but it literally means to bow down. It's the idea of bending low or prostrating yourself uh, as a way of giving honor or paying uh, homage or uh, expressing devotion to. You bow the knee. You know, it's interesting that in Bethlehem is the, uh, the church of the nativity. And in that church, in order to enter that church, it has a very low door and you have to kneel 
or bow to get in. Now, that is a great idea to me uh, about worshiping. But yet when we got inside there, I was a little nervous because on YouTube, I had seen pictures of the priests and there are various denominations that work in there and they each have a section to clean and one group was cleaning and another group was cleaning with brooms and somehow they got into a broom fight and they were hitting each other with these brooms now now as I watched that I thought you have to kneel to get in but what's happening in the building Well, you know, we need to take a look at that as worship. The the Greek word that's found when Jesus was talking to the woman at the well in John 4 is uh, proskine. It conveys this same idea of this bowing with respect and devotion. Now, if you take the English word, which is worship, it actually means worthship, worthyship, uh, as one that has value. It's worth something. When you put all of those meanings together, you know, worship is assigning worth, isn't it? Or value to something or someone. And then it, it's giving respect and gratitude and, and affection, devotion or fear, bowing your life before that someone or something. What is worship? I mean, how do you bow your life to someone or something? In other words, you end up submitting your life you submit and you obey now now based on these definitions of worship there there's two important things that we need to to see in this lesson one everybody worships someone or something i mean there is something in your life that you are submitting to that you hold great value, worth to. Uh, A disciple seeks to worship God and God alone. That's the second thing. Now let's, let's go back to this idea of everyone worships someone or something. You see, it's not a question of will we worship, but who or what are we worshiping? Now, when you think of all the created things to which people can and and assign worth to, they've made a list here in in the book. It may be family, it may be marriage, it may be educational credentials, it could be children, it could be grandchildren, or a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend, friendships, a job, a career, work, financial, a portfolio, a dream, retirement, uh, having your own business. Uh, a political ideology or the success of a sports team. Yeah, 
Imagine the Browns winning. Or, or health, or fitness, or physical appearance. You know, I, I just want to have uh, the best looks ever. And I'll do whatever it takes for that. Acclaim, I, I want to be a rock star, or the approval of other people. Or sometimes it could be sexual gratifications or accomplishments. You're bowing to something in life. Um, if you haven't learned what worship is all about, um, Ravi Zacharias said, he who has not learned to worship will find God and this world worrisome. Wearisome, I'm sorry. If you've trusted in Christ as your Savior, but you've really not learned to worship God, chances are you have found the Christian life disappointing. Now those things that, that we mentioned, uh, they're not as important as God. And yet, too many times we worship those things. They are idols. And, and I know that we have a tendency to think we don't worship idols anymore. I mean, that was something in the Old Testament, something that long ago happened, and no longer do we worship idols. Well, if you're making that a priority over God, you are worshiping it. You, you know that God commands us to worship him. He doesn't need it. I mean, he's complete. He, he's complete. He's all in all. He lacks nothing. He doesn't feel threatened. But he wants us to worship him. He commands worship. Why? Because it's fitting. It's the right thing to do. And secondly, it is fulfilling, isn't it? Let's look at these two things here. The worship of God is fitting. Uh, as the perfect, majestic God. He deserves that worship, doesn't he? He's worthy of all praise. How, how, imagine how shocked you would be to watch someone spurn an, uh, an exquisite... Uh, a gourmet feast is prepared by the world's best chef only to turn around and say I'd rather have McDonald's Big Mac well to fail to worship the one who is worthy of infinite praise it's a scandal it's an infinite scandal you know, the, the heavens themselves, according to Psalm 19.1, they shout the glory of God. This is why God's throne is surrounded by angelic beings who forever worship him. He's worthy. He has created all things. And God saying, worship me, uh, isn't a vain thing. You know, God's not saying, I am vain. It's common sense to do that because he is 
worthy. Now, the second thing that we had mentioned here is, is the worship of God is fulfilling. Uh, the other reason God commands us to worship him is for our benefit. Have you ever thought that? That in our, our busy, 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 busy lives, we need to take time to think about God all the time. And sometimes we just crowd him out and find other priorities in life. When, when we praise God, it is satisfying. It does give us joy. It's, it's an awe and it's a wonder to appreciate God. And that is enjoyment. Well, the first time we got together on that Thursday night after not being together uh, and we were worshiping God, that just was very emotional because we, we hadn't uh, been together as a group to say, God, you're worthy. God, we love you. And to hear that was very emotional. It brought delight to me. And joy to me. Now, let me ask this question. In what ways is this idea that everyone worships someone or something a new concept to you? Have you ever thought about that? That everybody worships something. Now, as a disciple of Jesus Christ, our worship should be directed towards God and God alone. Take a look at these two verses. Bring all who claim me as their God, for I have made them for my glory. It was I who created them. Wow. It is God who has created us. Isn't that amazing? Or Colossians 1.16 says, For in him all things were created. And it goes on to say, By him and for him. So, why did God create us? Well, actually, we were created to give him glory. When we don't give God glory in our lives, and we give Satan glory by sinning. We give Satan glory by not living the way God wants us to. How tragic that is for the one who has created us. We should be living in such a way as to give him honor. I mean, what does it mean to live for the glory of God? It does mean to live in such a way that people would see God in our lives. Now, let, let's take a quick look at what the psalm teaches us about worship. Now, uh, this was from a 43-year-old woman. He says, for, she said, for me, the key, the key to worship is simply quiet, undistracted time with my eyes closed by setting aside a certain time of my day for God and God alone. 
I am indicating in the best way I know that he is important to me. I will sit and love him whether I feel his presence or not. Of course, the Bible assures me he is with me always whether I sense his presence or not. So there's this idea that that we need to worship God in all things. The, The Old Testament book of Psalms was actually a hymn book. I don't know if you knew that or not. It was a hymn book for the Jewish people. There were 150 prayer songs. um, And it was for every situation in life. And the purpose of it was to show that God's worthy of our attention, of our worship, of our devotion, of our allegiance, of our affection of adoration no matter what we're facing in life he is worthy of that and when you read the psalms boy those psalms can get loud expressive i mean they can be a shout of protest or praise or uh, people that are living in terror or people that are rejoicing, or a nation that's rejoicing. In the Psalms, we see God's people doing all of these things, that in Psalm 95, 6, they bow down before God. In, in Psalm 105, 3 through 4, they seek His face. In Psalm 33, 20 through 21, they're waiting for Him. They're waiting for the Lord. And Psalm 27, 4 says they're dwelling in his house. Psalm 134, 2 says they're lifting up hands. Psalm 47, 1, they're shouting to him. Psalm 104, 33, here's finally one that says they're singing to him. It's not just simply attending a worship service in, in in a worship facility like a church building and simply singing songs worship isn't an event so much as it is a mindset of putting God first of choosing to to make God the central part and to look at him from the heart and say, I want to live for your glory. It's like moments of exclaiming, wow, you are amazing, God. Or in tough situations saying, I need you, God. In good times saying, thank you, God. In faith-testing circumstances, you may whisper, okay, I'm trusting you. Now, How do we engage in this practice of worship? Well, in the same way we have different personalities, uh, different strengths and interests, uh, we may have different ways of worshiping. I once was reading a a worship uh, uh, magazine, and an article in that magazine was saying, and finally... The people of God with the contemporary music can worship God. And I thought, 
Oh, how wrong you are. People for centuries have worshipped God through the older music. It's okay. And the contemporary music is okay. Now, Gary Thomas wrote a book called Sacred Pathways. And he says for 2,000 years, Christians have expressed their enjoyment and worship of God through a variety of pathways. A variety. If we were to go to the uh, early disciples and listen to their music, it would have been very Jewish in nature, and, and some of it may have been just chants. I mean, C-H-A-N-T-S, chants. Now, it was done in, in many different ways to express their love. Uh, it, it's, it's wonderful. Naturalists, if you're a naturalist, you might feel, I love God when I'm out of doors in, in the natural settings. Or, you know, if those people who worship with their senses, they appreciate beautiful worship services that might have art, smell, or their ears, the music. Some would want to be quiet. Solitude, simplicity. Uh, those other ones, I'd rather do something to be battling injustice in the world. Or others who said, I, I worship God by loving other people. Maybe meeting their needs and, and helping the elderly. Traditionalists, well, they may go through particular rituals, liturgy, symbols, unchanging structures. Others want to express celebration. It ought to be a celebration. Uh, those who kind of reflect in their lives, contemplate love, might be more peaceful adoration. Uh, intellectuals find it amazing by studying with their minds, seeing the works of God. You know, previously there was a story here of a, a uh, 30-year-old man said a friend of mine who was in medical school took me to the uh, uh, cadaver room where she and other first-year students learned human anatomy by exploring bodies that had been donated to science. When she opened a <clears throat> body bag, there was already a, a human body there that had been dissected. And she said, I, uh, this man said, I almost dropped to my knees. I was struck not by nausea, but by awe. The complexity, the intricacy of our, bi our, our bodies. I am truly, fearfully, and wonderfully made. He said, in that moment, I worship maybe more than I ever have in a church. So what would you say is the main pathway of your worship? How do you worship 
God. Uh, I know for me, many times, I, I'm just in awe of God's world. It just, I love driving. I love watching birds. We sit in the sunroom. We, we watch birds and we look at them. And I am amazed at their songs, the complexity of a little tiny bird, and how different each and every one have been made, that God did that. He created the bird with its song. How wonderful. Uh, what would you say, what advice would you give to a person who says, I just don't sense God? In fact, I, I doubt his presence in my life right now. What would you say? How, how can that person worship? Well, answer that question. And then let's, let's look outside the box here just for a minute. I, I, I want us to examine this idea. Um, anything is worship when it's done with an eye on God, with gratitude to God. Have you tried these different kinds of worshiping God throughout the week by a walk? You can just see all the beauty of God. Or Carol and I love to share sunsets, and therefore uh, a number of years when we were separated, we would take a picture of the sunset and send it to one another. Uh, we may have been gone that evening because one was in town or one was working and came out and saw a beautiful sunset. Or uh, try this, uh, sing. Being off-key, pitchy is totally irrelevant. The psalmist says, Make a joyful noise and not perform a beautiful song. I think Kenny's really good at that, making the joyful noise. Or even climb a tree. Now, I, I don't climb trees anymore. But uh, someone said, write a blog post that would make God smile. If I even attempted a blog post, that would make God smile. But Look at the complexity of science, the precision of uh, an, an algebra formula, algebraic form, formula. Study a leaf, a flower, caterpillar. Man, when we took the girls to go to uh, botanical gardens or Beach Creek, uh, they're in alliance we looked at the beautiful butterflies and, and Madison, while well, she collects rocks. How about laughing with a toddler? Boy, that'll get you going, won't it? <laughs> They'll laugh and you'll laugh and you'll just keep laughing. Uh, or lay down in a meadow. Or look up at the stars, shooting stars. Make or create something, a short story, a poem, a drawing, a painting, sculpture, video, uh, a great meal. Well, that, that's not me. But woodworking, that's not me. An article of clothing, yeah. 
But there are other ways that I worship God. When I get in the car and I'm driving in the morning and I see the freshness of the day, I love that. The freshness of the day. What are some other new and different ways you can think of, of to turn your heart to God and show your love and gratitude for him? Are there other ways that you can do that? Or how do you feel God's Spirit prompting you to alter your worship views, practices as a result of this study? I remember someone asking me, how can you worship with hymns? I said, ponder the words and the beauty of God in those words. One of the hymns, Great is Thy Faithfulness, my, that touches my heart. So let's take a look at some quick reminders about worship. When you're feeling blah, you ever feel that way? I'm sure we have. We've been penned in and, and everything else. So you might feel blah. You might feel sad. Well, don't pretend that everything's okay. Uh, worship isn't a pep rally. I, I've heard it described like that, but it's not. Be authentic in the presence of God. So, as the Psalms show us, sometimes that may mean crying. Or when wondering if you're doing it right. Have you ever wondered, am I doing it right? I see people with their arms raised and, and, and waving. And, and am I doing that? Am I doing it right? There's no single right way to worship. God is good. He's gracious. He knows your heart. Make that genuine effort uh, to worship God. You're, you're worshiping God. Desire to love him. So how about when you can't feel his presence or you can't make sense of his presence? Well, why not pray? God, your promise and your word you have promised that you will always be with me. I don't feel you right now, but I choose to worship and trust you because I'm doing this by faith and I know you are here. Or you, you feel dry or stuck. Everyone has bad days. Don't be hard on yourself. Okay? Or... You don't feel like singing. Has that ever happened to you? It's happened to me. Maybe due to being tone deaf or having uh, hearing problems or you just don't feel like singing. Focus on the lyrics. You know, it's not necessarily about the style. Look at the lyrics. Be encouraged in your heart. So, Take these truths and apply them in your life. Take your memory verse, which is 1 Corinthians 10, uh, 31. So whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. That is the purpose of our life, people. The purpose of our life is to give glory to God, and that's saying he is worth it so when you look at that 
chart on worship myths and truths on the next page. Ponder it. Think over it. We're going to go over that here in just a second. But wrestle with one or two of these questions. In, in what new way would you worship God this week? Try a new way. Boy, sometimes I really feel down. And I just walk over to the keyboard and I start playing. And I praise God through that music. And I feel better. Sometimes we just get in a rut, don't we? Mix up your worship time. Take a different Bible verse. Read a book about God. Eh, sing, maybe. Focus on one attribute of God. Stop and think about what one thing you have seen in God in your life and begin to thank Him. What three things am I grateful for today? Uh, where, are you, where are you most dependent on God? Describe a time when... When you felt God's power, you reflect back on that and then thank Him for that closeness. And then finish this statement I find myself worshiping and praising God when. Well, let's look at this worship myths and truths. And worship is a gathering at a certain time and a certain place. Well, that's kind of a myth. Worship is meant to be all day. And yes, we gather on Sundays to thank our Lord, but worship is an everyday experience, an everyday mindset. It's bowing down to God and His purpose for our life. This myth that we go to worship, we, we go somewhere to worship, we live worship, people. We bring it with us. When you come to church, you're not coming to worship. You're bringing worship with you. Everything you've done this past day and or week and everything that you have seen God do. And you say, you are worthy, God. Well, worship is a handful of spiritual activities. Singing, praying, taking communion, hearing sermons. All of life, even the, the, the secular things that we do, can be worship. Bring those with you. While worship is about essentials like music, song choices, body posture, how good the band is or the worship leader, and how expressive the congregation was. Used to be a long time ago, they used to do uh, special music. And people would either complain about the person that was singing or they would like the person. I know a minister that said, we're going to stop all music because we have preferences in music. And it's even gotten down to the point where we like one worship team better than another worship team and that makes us worship better. Well, that's not right worship's about the heart and so he stopped all music so we're stopping but we'll never stop worshiping God well it's setting aside that quiet time alone 
God, I love you, God. I trust you. God, I praise you. God honoring worship, uh, how about this, means having or coming away with a certain feeling. No, it may not. God honoring worship is approaching God by faith. It's approaching him in the spirit and in truth, whether having any sensations or not. How about this? I am the judge of whether a time of worship was worthwhile. Well, I have known uh, elders who have made meditations, and some people said, boy, that didn't hit me at all. And another person said, that was one of the best meditations I've ever heard. Tempting to worship God is to worship Him, though. God accepts our attempts, no matter how feeble. So don't get hung up on one kind of worship is better than another. Contemporary is better than traditional, blah, 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 blah. When we focus on God and God is the center and the priority and he causes us to bow down in love to him, then that's when we truly worship. No way of worshiping is better than any so I hope that's helped us in our worship and I pray that God will be with you and that you will continue on in your faith and find strength in the Lord God bless you and worship him this week worship him in spirit and in truth God bless you Thank you for joining us on this podcast. We hope that you will join us at First Christian Church of Malvern, which is located at 4046 Coral Road, Northwest in Malvern, Ohio. May God bless you and have a great day.